everyone. Hey. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Studs. Hey, are. Jim. Here we are. What are you doing, my friend? Uh, I tell you what, I've got a hidden talent. And oh, jeez. <laughs> another I've talent. Hidden talent. I've got a hidden talent. Should we keep this hidden or no? Well, you could. It might be too much information. <laughs> oh, but I'll just tell you what, I'm going to rent myself out when people are going to have lawn parties at their house. Yeah. And they need to find the dog poop. Uh-huh. I'll find it. Really? Yeah. You're good at that. Really good. <laughs> I'm really good if you put me in there barefoot without really? sandals. Really? Oh, oh, fantastic. I can find it. You could send me to the freaking tundra. <laughs> You'll find it? find it? Oh, yeah. wow. It might oh, be frostbitten in the toes, but I'd find it. Well, you know my theory, or what I do. What? If I step in dog crap, what? throw the shoes out. Really? Yeah, I throw my shoes out. I no, it's, what it's size so you? disgusting. What size you? Uh, ten. Oh shit, I'm eleven and a half. Oh well, sorry. Because you could have called me. I'll take it. <laughs> you take my shoe. Oh, yeah. it's already got poop That's on like, it. It's like right? good. So you wash it out. It's like goodwill. <laughs> Salvation Army. All right. Well, it's great to be All back. Right, here we go. Talking to everybody today. Yeah. We got so, a special guest. We do have a special guest. I love his picture, man. I know his picture is great. You guys got to take a look at. We're going to talk. Uh, about, uh, we're going to talk on about YouTube this a for sure. Bit. So the gentleman we have with us today is David Crow. He is the VP of the Benjamin Franklin in Arlington, Texas. Yep. Hello, sir. How are you doing, guys? Ah, we're, we're doing, doing good. good. It's been a little hot down there, huh? It is very hot down here. Uh, yeah. You, so it's not for your average bear. You know, no, I've been watching it on TV. Yeah, if you're not acclimated to this kind of heat, uh, it, it's tough. Yeah, and it's 68 degrees up here today. So there you go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> he would take that. You note. know what? I would rather switch places with you. So <laughs> I, I love the heat. So yeah, I'm in the wrong part of the country. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, first of all, before we start the show, I yes. got to know what size bass was that? Is that that looks like a? Is that like an eight and a half, ten, ten pound bass? 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Damn. That was a good fight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've uh, <clears throat> obviously I do quite a bit of fishing, uh, tournament fish, and yeah. four double-digit fish. I caught, before I caught that 12 and a half, I caught a 10-pounder a couple hours before it. Oh, it, wow. Uh, it, it literally, it, it fought like you can imagine. It was, it was a lifetime, it was once-in-a-lifetime experience. Oh, my wow. God, dude. So how did you have the... Uh... The strength to do it again, Jeez. except with something even bigger. Did this one come in easier? Uh, no. So this is the biggest one uh, yeah. biggest I've ever caught. Um, uh, and actually, the 10 fought harder. Really? Yeah. yeah. This, uh, 12 was retired. It's a retired bass. So it doesn't, doesn't have the gumption. I realized it was hooked um, yeah. until it got closer to the boat. And then oh. the fight was on. So it, it, the beginning of the fight, it was literally like just a bunch of dead weight. I thought I actually had snagged something. And uh, and then when it came to life, it was uh, it was exciting. Wow. Good for you, man. Awesome. Uh, so how often do you get to go out fishing? I fish every Saturday. Every Saturday. Good for you. Yeah, I nice. fish every Saturday. We, uh, Me and my wife made an agreement years ago when I let her stay home is uh, yeah. with my tournament schedule. You know, uh, Saturdays are pre-fish or tournament days, Sunday's family day, and other than if I have a championship, which is a two-day event, other than that, um, I would say 90% of the time, my Saturdays are on the water. Wow, that's great. That's Good for great. you. Yeah. It's probably a nice way to kind of just relieve stress and just kind of catch big bass. Yeah, catch, catch big bass. Yeah. Do you guys fish? 
I fish. I, I would love to more, um, but I just don't have the time right now. And I and I know you're gonna tell me you gotta make the time for it, and I and I don't disagree with you. Right. So I gotta know real quick. Would you would you catch it on popper? Jake. 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 I, I love fish where I am east where I am, I go fishing up New Hampshire. And I was just telling the guy the other day about bass fishing. Mm-hmm. I said when the lily pads come up and they get a little bit thick, get a popper, jump it over there. And you're gonna get mothers. You're gonna get pickerels and a lot of bass. Really? We have a lot of large bass in my lake. Big Island Pond, Atkinson, New Hampshire. Mm. So good bass fishing up there. And brown trout, by the way. Really? Yeah, they stock it. Huh. So if you're a trout fisherman. Is that tasty? Trout? Brown trout? Yeah. 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 All right. Couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Well, you could rainbow. Bass bass is good. Yeah. Bass is good. Well. Are you more of a catch release kind of guy or hundred percent catch and release? Yeah. Except for her. Oh him. <laughs> that's a replica. Oh, it's right. a replica. Okay, got it. Yep. Yeah, so that so one they go back. So down here they uh anything that's ten pounds double digits is considered a trophy fish. So you take the length and the girth of it, you take multiple pictures, um, and you take it to them and they've got molds and then they oh. paint it to try to match the pictures of the fish so it's as close as possible. And that oh, way cool. you can you don't have to harvest the fish, you can just put it right back. Oh nice. Good man. Nice, good for you. Good. That fish, All right. that fish is famous. Yeah, the fish is famous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's on our show right now. I'm telling you right now. Jeez. Yep. Yeah. All right, so what are we doing here? So, David, now, yeah. how did you get into the plumbing business? So, that is a really good story. Um, so, the owner of this company, Bill McDaniel, started this company uh, out of his garage. And him and my dad uh, were going to church together. And they struck up a conversation that um, what I was doing at the time, there was, I wasn't home very much. So he wanted mm-hmm. to teach me a trade. And so when, he inter- when my dad introduced me to him, um, he just said, listen, why don't you let me teach you a trade? You'll always have a job, uh, be able to take and support your family. I didn't know which end of a plunger to use. Right. And um, so I started off as his helper. He taught me the production side of the business, you know, which – you know, the guys, how to take care of the customers, how to train the guys and do all of that stuff. Mm. Uh, I started his daughter, Courtney, was a you know a freshman in high school. And um, he invested in us, taught us you know, everything we needed to know to get going as we continue to learn. I think it's an ever, uh, you're constantly learning. And, uh, but that's how I got into it. Yeah. And Bill were friends and he took me under his wing and 25 years later, here we are. Talking wow. About- so does he still own it? He still owns it. He's wow. uh, pretty much retired. Um, he, we talk to him just about, I talk to him just about every day, every week. Um, but he, he lets, his, lets us handle it, trust us with it, and uh, nice. we'll take it from there. Wow, wow that's awesome. Wow. So are you a licensed plumber, or did you just kind of like learn the trade and didn't bother with the license? So I'm one of the license holders for the company in Texas. Wow. Uh, you have to have a plumbing license in Texas. So I started off as an apprentice. I uh, went through my apprentice, got my journeyman's, and uh, got my. Uh, so in Texas, there's two masters. There's a master plumber, mm-hmm. and, and now what they have it's, uh, it's called an RMP, which is a responsible master plumber, and that has to be the license holder of the business for you to own and operate a, a plumbing company. Okay, so not just some regular person off the street can own their own. So he's Gan- he's Gandalf. He's Gandalf. Gandalf. Yeah. He's got a big one stick, gold, yep. gold plum. Gandalf, Gandalf. 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 Gandalf.
There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so now you're on the operations side of things. How do you, how, how's that going for you? Probably pretty horrible, I'm sure, with all the supplies <laughs> oh. that you can't get, right? Oh, and everything's going is, off the roof. That is such a challenge. Mm. Uh, and that creates its own issues. Uh, like last year, let's just talk about water heaters. Ugh. It's not uncommon for us to get, uh, it's normal. We get one increase every year uh, on water heaters, and we know it's coming. They talk to us about it and, you know, what the, you know, what the markup's going to be five increases on water heaters last year. Wow. And, you know, as every company does, you know, you do everything you can not to pass those along uh, those as minimal as possible. And we were able to offset that quite a bit by doing bulk buys. We had never done that before in plumbing, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the only way to lock in our pricing and availability of product, by the way, we had to buy massive quantities uh, of water heaters and that would lock us in. And then they would let us know, Hey, there's another price increase coming on this date. And so we would do another buy and we just kept a warehouse full of water heaters. Yeah. Um, and, and so you're spending cash flow money, um, but you're also saving revenue dollars by not having to constantly raise your prices. Right. And um, we were very fortunate to be able to do that. A lot of, People around us could not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pretty much learned how to uh, handle that situation. Now it's, you guys brought it up, it's shortages on supplies. And it, it, one day it's garbage disposals, the next thing it's, you know, it's insulation. Right. And, and who knows when it's going to stop. Yeah, I mean, fixtures for us trying to get, you know, especially bathtubs. It's like people are waiting like six months for a bathtub. It's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Oh yeah. How how are you guys doing on when you when you do that? Um, how do you lock a customer in when by the time you order something and the, and then the supplier wants to come back and say, hey, I've got that in, you know, but it's ten percent, twenty percent more than when you ordered it. Are y'all running into those kind of struggles? So I've been able to, you know, lock in pricing, you know, at the time that I do the contract with the customer. Yep. So once I've gone to contract, what I used to do was, you know, cause we're like right now I'm booked until, until January of next year. So it would be very rare for me to order materials now for a January job, just okay. because, you know, where am I going to put it all? You know, it becomes a, an issue on that. Um, but I do enough buying that a lot of the, the uh, lumber yards and supply houses will, will hold the product for me. So as soon as I go to contract, as soon as they give the deposit check, I place the order immediately locked in at that price. And that's just the way we have to run business now. Yeah. Well, we're not, we don't do any new construction, but, um, mm. some of the people that, uh, we do business with, we talk to, they're, they're having, they're putting clauses in the contracts. Uh, on these builds because of price changes increases they're getting that they can't foresee by the time they go to uh, start the, you know start the process yeah so yeah. got a buffer in there yeah no I um, I had a customer who you know was looking to build a house and they got a price from a builder and then they went back a week later and they said okay we're ready he's like okay it went up fifteen thousand dollars since last week. And the next thing they knew, they were another week behind, and they're like, now we got priced out of building a house because we can't keep up with the cost of them. Mm-hmm. I, I stopped. We used to do additions. I stopped doing them. It was, just, it was just too crazy, too hard to get subs there, too crazy with the pricing, always changing. I'm like, you know what? 
it's just it's not for me. It's for the young guy. <laughs> hey, I have I have yeah. a I got a question, and I was just thinking of this be, with between you two guys right now. You're talking about trying to get supplies. Is there any way? It's almost like remember we had the toilet paper shortage. Oh yeah, and everybody oh, yeah. just went and tried to kill each other over yep. over Cottonelle. Yep. Is there any way that you can, as a plumber in the company, to just try to like buy up like eight or nine water heaters, which is usually what you guys may use? Or is it always the time that you get a, you get the customer who wants a certain water heater? You know, is there any way you can get ahead of that and just try to have them in supply in the warehouse? Yeah. So you know? we we have an in-house supply house here. So, Beautiful. Um, you know, I'm sure up there you guys have probably got Hajokas or Morrisons or Fergusons or whoever you deal with. And so we have a VMI here, which is a vendor managed inventory. So what we do is they keep <clears throat> we have a, a min max, a, a certain amount of inventory that we require them to keep here. And so they'll let us know, hey, these are things that we have challenges getting in. Do you want to do a bulk buy? And so that's where we'll say, okay, yes. And because we don't have to, just like if you go to the supply house, we don't have to pay for anything until it goes across the counter. Mm -hmm. We have a sizable warehouse. So we have the ability to store additional inventory that maybe they can't, if they're going to hold just for us that they can't keep at the distribution center or one of the locations. And so we'll say, load it up. And so we'll have trucks that come in so that they can pull that inventory because it's uh, selected just for our location. That's nice. Uh, that's really good. Do you have a sit down with the, with your suppliers and like, and they, and they're crying to you because of the raw materials that they can't get to build the freaking heaters or whatever you're trying to get. And because we know the price of copper is through the roof, mm. it always changes every day. It's the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's, it's terrible. It's just like you just it's a crazy time. What were you gonna oh, say? Yeah, for? Steel, you know. Yeah, it, you know, just like steel that you know, for the water heater tanks that they're building, the cost mm -hmm. of that it's like watching the stock market go all up and down. I mean, it's it never it never stops changing. You know, the galvanized pans that they use, you know, for your condensate pans just it's just never ending, and and I get it. Everybody's in this thing to make a you know to make some money. Um, so part of the conversation goes around is is there really a supply shortage? Right. Mm -hmm. and how much is that's real? Or if I'm getting if I'm charging 30, 40 percent more for a product than I've ever had to pro you know than I had before, and people are still buying it, and I've got a waiting line around the block. Um, are they really trying to overcome that challenge? And that's, that's a whole other conversation. But one it is, is it gouging? Is it really, is it, is it gouging or is it honesty? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we, that, that runs throughout minds all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Case in point. I'm like, I'm just, I can't, I can't talk about it on the air, but I've got a feeling just on a, um, on a personal note and somebody I was talking with, uh, I, I can't, I just, somebody's <laughs> making, well, somebody's making Somebody's making hand over fist, and oh. they and it's and it's basically it's all profit. It's not like we're trying to meet the supply and demand. No, they're just like they're just they're making bank, and oh. it, they don't need to make bank. You know. Mm -hmm. so. so I had a meeting, a conversation uh, with one of the manufacturer reps, and I'm, there was a group of us. And we're like, look, COVID, you had to shut down and all the stuff. You're wide open. Mm -hmm. everybody's back. Um, mm -hmm. We've all figured the work around with, you know, with all of that. 
what's the issue? Yeah, it's a good question. Answer. Yeah, they're, they're back fully staffed. If if they're not fully staffed, is it by choice? Because right. if they're not running at 100 percent, it's not because there's some kind of uh, breakout or you know uptick in the stuff. So, and I, I get it. This is a whole other conversation that we talked about, but we're all in the industry. So, are they choosing to run? Uh, at under capacity so that they can't produce and they can ethically, I guess, say that, hey, we're, we can't get this product out because we're understaffed and therefore we can only do, instead of running three shifts, we're running one and a half. Yeah. Right. And what's the truth behind it? I don't right. Know. So, so let me just add on to this. Now, from what I've been watching and what I've been hearing, and it all goes, it goes with you, and it goes with the big companies who are manufacturing stuff now. And we can even go, we can go to Musk, we can go to Amazon, everything else. These people need workers. So what's their incentive? And I'm sure your incentive is the same thing. You have to bring in the workers, and you've got to make them want to work, not just work, but they have, they got to have benefits, they got to have their medical, they got to have a 401k, all these things that's going to give them some stability, and they're not going to leave. So you would figure... If you're a multi-million dollar manufacturing company with investors, they're going to sit down and they're going to go, you know what, we're going to make a package. So whoever walks through that door, they're never going to want to leave because they're going to be set financially with their family. They're going to have benefits or a pension or whatever they're going to do. So I believe, I truly believe now that that is, that is really – and what uh, some of the customers, customers, people who've talked to them, yeah, they're doing that. They're putting, they're, they're putting the incentive ahead for their workers. Uh, that other electrician we talked about, mm -hmm. he, like they sit down, they they sit down with the workers and just make sure everything is good, everybody's stable, and there is and there is stability as far as their income, especially in these trades. Mm -hmm. So and, and it goes a little bit further. Like I just said, the manufacturing companies have to have that, or they're not going to have anybody in there. They can't do low income labor anymore. That mm -hmm. does not exist. Mm -mm. It no. won't. It's not right. So. Let's the three of us can say, as far as I'm concerned, there's more to this story, and it's another oh, conversation yeah. we got to have for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. So yeah, absolutely. That's and so I don't know what's changed, but I've got two of you guys now. I've got one in a box and one up here. <laughs> so I don't. Know well, one of us is plenty, so I would click something out. <laughs> but which one? There you go. No. I got the one. There you go. Good. Yeah, you don't want to see two of us. Yeah. That depends. <laughs> If you're in a part, you do. Yeah. You know, is this is this our new norm? Is this what uh, we can how we try to run our businesses and take care of our customers? And what's the cost of a water heater going to be two years from now? Right. And I can tell you this: tankless water heaters. Uh, when I meet with the manufacturers and stuff like that, they're always asking the same thing: What do we got to do to capture more of the tank market? And if you talk to any contractor, they're going to tell you the same thing. Um. Design a product that takes less labor to install it and get us at a cost that your price points will reach more customers than just a select few. Mm -hmm. Keep raising these prices on these heaters. They're going to drive everybody right towards Sinkless. Yeah, I, I, have of course. To, I have to say you just knocked that right out of the park because I've seen them and I'm like, oh, my God, the mechanics that's involved in these things mm -hmm. and all the copper that you're using it. Mm -hmm. And now to get one in. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, um, so the technology, I agree with you, needs mm -hmm. to improve. Yeah. Um, on your standpoint, with all your, how many, how many employees do you have in your company? 
So we're, um, there's about 70 of us, including office staff. Wow. Wow. So it, you have one big 70-person happy family? So basically. we have, we have uh, two sides to our company. Um, we have Ben Franklin, which is the plumbing side. Yep. And, and we have on the AC side, we have Minuteman Heating and Air, which is an independent. And um, so we have two locations. We have the admin office where our call center's at. It's where um, all the office staff are at. Where I'm at is the production location. And that's where um, the warehouses are, the supply house. All of our training meetings are here. Um, field management offices are down here. And so we keep those separated. We're in the process of trying to acquire a place to build a, um, a bigger location to get everybody back under one roof. So oh, nice. So that that's that's the future plan. Gotcha, Mr. Crow. You don't sleep at night. <laughs> you don't not sleep not. at night. There's no, no he sleeps really good Saturday night. Yeah, after catching yeah. some bass. No. Yeah, no, no. he's on that boat, and there's <laughs> yeah. nothing else that matters right now. There you go. Yeah. It, so did you see? It, it still amazes me. You know, everybody here. Uh, we've got a team. We don't. Uh, most of the, a large portion of our team has been with us for quite a while. They all know what I do. When I'm not, mm -hmm. aware, they all know weekends, and yep. I've done a body of water now. In tournaments, I have to have my phone off. Um, uh, be on the water, and my phone will ring, and like everybody knows where I'm at. Who in the world yeah. would call me? And sure enough, it'll be a plumber. I'm just like, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> gotta be kidding. And, yeah, because we're from where we're located. I live literally right two minutes from here, and so any other time, it's not uncommon for somebody to need something, I'll run up and let somebody in if one of the managers isn't available. So I can be two to four hours away from the shop and somebody like, hey, I can't get a hold of anybody, can you let me <laughs> your problem. Yeah, you're kind of on your own. Uh, yeah. Were you, were you affected a couple of years ago when Texas had that deep freeze and everything burst and, and popped? Were you a part of that? That oh, chaos. We were in the dead center of it, and it was we we did like three hundred thousand dollars above our normal budgeted number for that month. Mm. Uh, it was it was insane. We had I can't even tell you the list of people that we had, like every other plumbing company, on a waiting list. Um, it, it was overwhelming. Uh, we had people literally working around the clock. We had um, friends um, with different bins outside of the states offering to send employees down here to help out. Send mm -hmm. a, um, it, it was a once in a lifetime experience. It was it was insane. Was it was, it that, was it that bad like it was on the news when we saw it? It was that bad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't play that one up. It was literally that overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, we had a. I do a lot of painting, and uh, I work with Sharon Williams on, on a lot of painting and stuff. They had a really great ceiling paint called Master Hide, and your fact and the factory was in Texas, and it and it failed. I mean, they lost everything in that in that factory, so I think they're still trying to rebuild it, rebuild it from the ground up again, <clears throat> to get that product back down because it was just like a. It was such a hard hit for us painters because everybody loved that quality of paint and that material, and you couldn't get any more. And everybody was scrambling to try to make it work. But yeah, do you feel like it's uh, come back 
strong since then, or is it still in the recovery? Mm. No, I think it's come back since then. Um, yeah. I think what you had for, I'd probably say a good six to eight months afterwards. Uh, I think any, any of these older homes uh, with copper plumbing in them, when those things, even if they didn't freeze and burst, if they made it through, um, when everything started thawing out, we mm-hmm. seen water lines popping and busting weeks and weeks and uh, up to a few months afterwards. They were just so weakened by the stress of that freeze, mm-hmm. created residual work, um, reoccurring workforce. Going back to homes that we'd already fixed everything when they thawed out, they thought they were done and ended up having to repop houses because they just kept popping. Wow. And I know what it's like dealing with insurance companies. So I'm sure that was a lot of fun there. <laughs> we had, stop, I wish I still had a picture of it. We had a mound, literally a mound of tankless water heaters. Um, if you had a tankless water heater in this area that was on an outside wall, it froze and busted. Sure. And I mean, the demand calls just to get to those and they were all swap outs. I mean, uh, if they were on outside wall, a lot of attics. Um, so much damage was done uh, when things started walk, uh, thawing out and just sure. damage it occurred. And we had a mound out there. Gosh, I couldn't even describe to you how large it was of just the units that we pulled out. And then after things started getting back to normal, insurance companies calling, wanting the tankless water here because they wanted to look at it. I'm like, Jeez. <laughs> Oh, you're out of your mind. <laughs> oh yeah, the big scam. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you know, yeah. you know what I find too, as a as a as a worker going to someone's house, and I know you know this too. How many homeowners don't know where the water shutoff is on mm-hmm. their house, their oh. main water shutoff, and they just let it run and run and run. Yeah, they have no idea where it is. And cry and don't yeah. know what to do. Which yeah, is so essential. You we know? got so many of those phone calls. Uh, um, it's amazing. And it's one of the two, you know, uh, we implemented uh, on our home inspection. We go back in. It's one of the three questions, you know, do you know where your customer shutoff is? You know, in case you had a flood. Um, when is the last time you had your water heater serviced? Uh, hmm. And do you have any slower dripping faucets? Hmm. Hopefully that'll come back in a second. Come back, please. Can you hear us? Please come back, Mr. Crow. <laughs> Mr. Crow. He got frozen. Mr. Crow, don't leave us, Mr. Crow. Just like Texas t- two years ago. No, no, he's he frozen. Just frozen. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> At least come back. <laughs> Mr. Crow, please come back. No. Okay. You're going. Call the boss? Yep. <laughs> We're going to call the boss right now, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think anybody hears us. <laughs> well, oh, actually, it does. it's still recording. So. Yeah. yeah. So we can keep so this. We can keep this. Oh, there we go. Hey! Never mind. We lost you for Never a mind. second. <laughs> All right. We lost you. Yeah. I forgot what was the last thing you said. <clears throat> um. Huh. <laughs> we got panicked because you froze. So now yeah. We yeah. Yeah, we were talking about the shutoffs. Yeah, the shutoffs. Yeah, the shutoffs. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so one question for you too. Um, did you see an uptick in bidets after the whole toilet paper shortage? He's frozen again. 
No. That's the most important question of the right? show. How do you wash your ass? <laughs> there he's back Ooh, again. All right, that? you froze again. Yeah. <laughs> so did you see an uptick in the bidets or no? No, not no. really. No, interesting. Because you can okay. buy them now online. You can attach them to yourself. Yeah, but you have to have a, an outlet there. So you got to get an electrician in there to put the outlet in. You know, GFCI, because you got water and electrical a little too close, in my opinion. It's, I thought it was you know, water. Just water? No? No. No, it's electrical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, we actually saw an up, we actually saw an uptick up here for it. A lot of people switched over or wanted any bathroom remodels. They're having them done. Yeah. Do you um because you mainly do remodels, right? I do, yes. Do you ever get a request? So we get it on the service side where people want us to come in, we call it um well, what they want you to do is they want you to take a vegetable sprayer. Mm. To put a T on at the in like a dual outlet stop coming out of the mm -hmm. wall, and then mm -hmm. they just hang it on the side of the toilet and they use a vegetable sprayer uh, instead of just actually purchasing a bidet. Yeah, huh. they used them in Europe when I was yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen one. Kitchen well, sink is full. You can always throw your dishes in the toilet. <laughs> they had them. In they had them in tile. Hey, give me those pots. I yeah. got it. I got this. <laughs> No, they had those in Thailand and Vietnam. They had really, those. yeah, interesting. yeah. Like, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what I was yeah, doing. Yeah. Washing my armpits on the toilet. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's so, David, you uh, one of the reasons why you came on the show was to talk about uh, plumbing upgrades that make your home more eco-friendly and improve quality of water. Jesus. What do you mean by that? So, a lot of we get a lot of. Um, people that want to go greener, things that they can do uh, in their homes that's not so wasteful. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things we recommend in, uh, when customers move into a house, uh, one of the things that we get calls about is it takes forever to get hot water to the back part of the house. Mm -hmm. And so what they're doing is, you know, they'll turn fixtures and faucets on and let those things run. Um, it, you know, it'll take several minutes to get that. And so they're concerned about how much water is being wasted to go down. Um, but they're just wasting. So mm -hmm. we'll recommend and install circulating pumps. Um, a lot of times when you remodel a house or build a house, you can put a true loop in there. So they have a true circulating system. But for an existing uh, home, what you can do is there's a, Grunfos uh, makes one, it's a comfort series that you simply can put on on the outlet side of your heater. And then there's a T that you put in in that part of the house that's taking the longest amount of time to get hot water to, and it pulls water from the tank to that fixture. And there's actually a solenoid that's in there. And once the temperature gets below hundred degrees, the valve opens and pulls water from the tank to there. Hmm. And so it will literally cut the amount of time to get water from the water heater back to that bathroom. And if they're, if it's, let's say they're waiting three to four minutes, it'll cut it down to less than a minute. Wow, that's awesome. And so, it's a lot of water. Yeah. It's a lot of water that they're saving um, because people are just, they're like, if they don't ask, they're just turning fixtures on. So that's one of the questions that we ask when we go out. You know, how long does it take you to get hot water to the farthest fixture? Mm -hmm. And you'll almost always get a customer tell you, oh, it's, it's horrible. The amount of water that we waste going down a drain before we can actually get water back here. Well, if we had a solution for you for something like that, and it would help save water. Would you be interested? Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a it's a circulating pump, is what you said. Okay. Yep. It's a circulating pump that mounts to existing water heater, and it's got a T. It's about the size of a pin that goes up underneath uh, the lavatory. 
Huh. So now, you, go ahead. you run it throughout the rest of the house too, like at different locations or just the farthest one? You can do it uh, up to three locations. Okay. So all you have to do is install the teeth. Yep. And so uh, you put one typically at the farthest fixture. And then the most two, two most common places that we install them are at the farthest fixture, uh, farthest bathroom mm-hmm. from the water heater, and the kitchen sink. Okay. That's yeah. my that's my downfall is the kitchen sink. Oh, yeah. my God. I don't know why it takes so long to heat that up. Oh, it drives me crazy. Yep. And if it's a kitchen sink, you would just simply install the, the cert pump on the water heater, put the tea underneath your kitchen sink. Of course, you, you, know, you already know the other thing you can do there is you can put a point-of-use heater right up underneath the kitchen sink. Right, right. Yeah, that would be much better because I, I turn the damn thing on and walk away. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't, like, I don't even know how much water I waste. But... My shower is ridiculous. Yeah, really? Oh, oh see, that's not bad for me. Floor, way up in the air. Like, see, okay. I would think that would be, like, for me, too, that would be the worst, like the, the shower on the second floor, the master. But, no, that one gets hotter quicker than the than the. Really? Kitchen. I have no idea why. Most further away from the furnace. I, I think if I, if I ever opened up the walls or something, I think I'd see big loops. And it must just go looping, looping, <laughs> looping. Right. <laughs> until it finally gets up there. Wow. They didn't get there the quickest way, that's for sure. Wow. Yeah. So. so, so All that, right. Yeah, that's one. Um, some of the other stuff that, you know, that we can recommend for a customer. Um, tankless water heaters on gas. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I would recommend or tell someone that's a green product. We all know that a tank heater on a, on a gas tank heater, it's got a burner assembly on the bottom. It's basically like taking a pot, putting it on the stove and it's got a flame that goes through it. It's a very inefficient way to heat water. The other thing is that thing is trying to be a, a good water heater so that when you want water, hot water, it's always ready. So as that thermostat inside the heater realizes that it's cooling down, that flame's kicking up. So it's, heating up water all day long which is you know not that gas is super expensive uh, but you're wasting you're heating up water all day long only for you to use it when you want it so when you put Mm -hmm. this water heater in it's on demand Uh, it doesn't heat anything up until you turn a fixture on so that's one of the things that we recommend Um, electrics the same way um, on electric uh, tankless water heaters that we install some of the other things that we recommend to uh, customers is that you, you know, we don't do a lot of these anymore, especially since the trend is going more tankless, but you can put a timer on your water heater, gas or electric, just like you have on your sprinkler system. Yes. You can set that thing on when it's going to kick on and start heating water off so that, you know, the prime time in the morning, everybody's getting up and and they're, you know, taking their showers, getting ready to head out for the day. Well, that thing doesn't need to be heating water up all day. Right. Right. Also set it to come back on in the afternoon just before everybody gets home. So here as many of those as we used to years ago, but that's another green op- uh, option for a customer. Um, another thing that that we talk to customers about is just fixing leaking and running faucets. If you got a faucet that has got a drip on it, uh, there's you know there's numbers that support that depending on how much uh, the faucet. You know, you're wasting hundreds of thousands of ga- gallons of water a month, a year, sure. uh, running toilets, um, just stuff like that. These are things that, yeah. you know, that we try to educate customers on and, and make them aware. You know, these are all things that uh, that are just wasteful. And if they, you know, just take a little bit of initiative and, and get those corrected themselves or have a professional come out and take care of, uh, that we 
stress to our customers on a day-to-day basis. How do you feel? How do you feel about hybrid hot, hot water heaters? Hybrid because, heaters. I'm sorry. Had, had, it's it's on, on my list. <laughs> I um, I had a hybrid heater at my house for about eleven years. Wow! I got them. I got them. I'm a good boy. <laughs> and it's on. A, it could be. I get. And it's really great. I uh, I bought one. I have one up in New Hampshire. Oh, really? When we bought the house. Yeah. There's one thing that this guy did is he bought a hybrid hot water heater mm-hmm. and it's great because it feeds off the humidity out of my basement, which heats up really? the water. Oh yeah. Cool thing. Wow. So, and you can set it at different modes. Yeah. Like you can, if you need hot water right away or whatever, there's a button you can hit or it's on your phone. The app is on your phone. Jeez. You yep. can change it around, uh, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's just like, if you're going away, you can put it on vacation, mm. you know, uh, you just it can't cook your dinner. That's unfortunate. No. Or, or balance a checkbook. Jeez. That's un- that's something I'm pissed about. Yeah, I don't blame you. Right. <laughs> and make up excuses why I'm not home. That's the biggest <laughs> one. But other than that, it works really good. But yeah, nice. it, it works really good. It's, but I love the I love love the idea that the, it takes the it it's it's like a humidifier. It makes the energy out of the moisture in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, it's so wow. cool, dude. Oh yeah. So what did you replace yours with, David? So <clears throat> when my hybrid heater went out, they had another model that uh, they wanted us to try. Uh, Which one? Which one? Green. It was a uh, smart water heater. Yeah. And so they, uh, it's got a rope around it. It's got a sensor. It's got a built-in uh, leak detector on it. Uh, so the app that comes on your phone, let's say that something on the tank or a fitting or something started leaking and notify you, you know, that your your unit needs to be serviced because of whatever it was. And so I've got that in the house. It's got a lot of cool features, mm. um, different settings on it as well. So they wanted me to try it out before we started introducing it uh, to our customers. And so we put one in the house. The uh, the hybrid was about 11 years old, uh, was phenomenal, did great. Everything he's talking about, uh, the settings on it, the green setting that's on there is the most energy efficient way to run it. Uh, but if you've got extra people at the house and you need uh, the recovery time to be quicker, you can set that to a different setting. So you actually, your re- recovery time on the tanks faster, but you end up using the heat pump that's on the top and the elements. Um, hybrids are a, an underutilized, um, something that we don't offer our customers. A lot of people are uneducated, don't know much about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of th- a lot of times when you get into the hybrid, the cost of the hybrid, um, you're right up there with the tankless. And so they're like, yeah. well, before I go this way, do you offer electric tankless? Well, we do. And so, but it's how long have you had yours? I've had mine now for three years, and there was an incentive to get it. So basically, you get a rebate, and it was and. Um, I got it through Home Depot. Um, I, I would prefer I've got it through another supply company because that's another thing we can talk about too. But I'm sure we're running out of time buying stuff from uh, you we'll, know. We'll bring David back. Uh, we got to bring him back, mm-hmm. you know, because I know how plumbers feel and plumbers supply stores feel about. And you you can tell by the sinks. You or you buy a faucet from Home Depot or Lowe's and you buy one from the supply store and one outweighs the other because it's made with not plastic, not you know, one's made of metal. Got brass. And brass fairings. and copper, yep. and the other one's plastic. Mm-hmm. Right? I have a friend who has a sink, uh, faucet thing, and it's dripping. I go, this is like crap. Yeah. You can't, you got to replace the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not mowing or, you know, it's gone. It's crap. Mm-hmm. So I've had it for, I have to say, three years. Very, very 
very, very happy. And the house that I just moved into has one, and I'm extremely happy with that, too. Um, yeah. Keeps your energy built down. Huh. Yes. You also know that with it, with it, uh, with the heat pump on there, it also allows you to – so if you have the 50-gallon version, the recovery time on it makes it equivalent to a 65. Hmm. I did not know that. Yep. All right. I got David. I, I got old, <laughs> old house built in 1783, something like that. Oh, oh my and, word. Yeah. How, and, how long does the tour come through your house? Uh, well, anyone who stops by definitely can. Uh, can we take a look around? And I'm like, yeah, come on <laughs> sure, by. Sure, why not? And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing household. And I'm just like, I am still amazed because how electricians try to weave a conduit through the planking walls and everything else and the beams that they had to drill through and then I had to drill through for electrical work and stuff. It's just like it's amazing how how big and thick and everything is just, you know, axe forged and it's just it's amazing and everything's pegged. Mm -hmm. and it's 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 gorgeous. It's it's really awesome. And today's world with PEX tubing, I'm sure. Yeah. Makes it a lot easier to get around those places too. So uh plumbing question. PEX tubing. My buddy, uh, my go. buddy, my buddy yelled, oh, my God, like he was like the foreman of the plumbing job. Really? He was screaming at me. He goes, why do you have an elbow in that pex? <laughs> why? <laughs> bend it. Just bend <laughs> it. Put it in there. He was just like telling me to bend it. Do you do a lot of elbows in your pex or do you just bend it around the corner? So it depends. It just depends uh, because. You know, we have the, you know, when the reps come in and do trainings and stuff like that, they go over how much you can actually bend it before you need a fitting to, uh, to be installed. Okay. Uh, we, we do a lot of repops. And so you got to realize when we do a repop, we're, we're basically bringing in a brand new main line up in the attic and we're making all of our drops. So a lot of those, we're just curving those things down and dropping them down the walls and feeding them. Uh, and then if we're going to go, once we start going to feed the fixtures, we run the elbows at that time. Everything just comes right back out. So it really just depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So I just to, to appease my buddy, I said, uh -huh. okay, look, we got rid of the elbows. You happy? That's better. <laughs> I says, well, if I pop them, you're coming over and fixing them. That's right. <laughs> they're not extreme. They, they're not extreme. They're, they're, they're like a normal bend. You know, it's like, it's like a freeway bend. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not like, oh my God, the thing's going to kink when, it, when you make that corner. Mm -hmm. It's not one of those. So. You know, they're, 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 plenty, they're, <clears throat> they're more than uh, can handle a bend like that. Yeah. It's well within uh, the abilities of that pipe and that material to be bent like you're describing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that stuff's gone up through the roof too, hasn't it? The PEX? The PEX has gone up, but it's the insulation. Uh, oh. Yeah, the, it's the insulation. So we insulate all the pipes, uh, obviously for code anything on an outside wall. All the attics are insulated, mm -hmm. um, but it's, the insulations went through the roof. That used to be pennies on the dollar. Pennies. It was just like <laughs> the, the, the cheapest thing to get. Oh, my God. You, you take it. Oh, I just cut this out. Just throw it out. Now it's gold. Liquid mm -hmm. gold. Mm -hmm. Save that. Yeah. Said that to witches. You save everything now. I save. I save. Right. Everything. Right. Everything. If you can reuse it. It's gonna save you a ton of money. Dave, my father was a survivor of the Great Depression, and he he used a napkin three times. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he was one of those guys. But in the basement, when he was like, when we were up in the cottage, we were yeah. like, 
he would scr- he put a two by four together with another two by four and oh. another two by four, uh-huh. and he man, he he unbent the nails, oh. and I'm like, Dad, I'm I'm right behind you, Dad, I'm right behind you. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> it's like it's crazy. You recycling? You have a big recycling bin that you guys do on the copper and stuff like that. Sure. You know, yeah, you know, that pays for a couple of fishing trips. Pays for fishing trips. One of the things that we do here for our culture is we uh, the managers cook for the employees Friday of every month, nice. and so we we buy lunches with that. We uh, nice. shut down the company a couple times a year. We have outings. Do y'all have Top Golf up there? What Top, Top Golf? Is that the simulated? Top Golf is at the it's a driving range. It's three stories high. Oh and, yeah, no. no, we don't have that. Yeah, and so there's a big huge net at that. And they've got all these spots all the way back there. And if you land in it, you play games with it. They, they shut it down. The kids come play. We nice buffet. And so we use a lot of that for that. Uh, buying, we have uh, door prizes all the time in our meetings that we give mm-hmm. out. We, we, we recoup all that kind of stuff and, and do a lot of good, cool stuff with it. Nice. Good for you. That's a good idea. So that's a great idea. We call it's going to do with his with his employees. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go on the roof and we're just <laughs> going to pick a whack him into off of Main Street. See how many windows we can take out. Damn, that's a good one, right? Oh, well, hit. David, David, I will tell you, I do take the guys out um, every year. We go for a fishing trip. We go, we go saltwater fishing. Yeah, we go saltwater fishing. So we go for from striped bass, and we end up getting a lot of bluefish, which we don't want. Well, Dave, if you ever come to if you ever come to the East Coast, you can come up here. We'll go, and you come during the summer. We'll take you out there, get you some stripers. <laughs> go for stripers, dude. You will have forearms like Schwarzenegger, dude. You're just like you'll be so tired because they're big. We can bring them some big, big fish. Good oh, fighting stuff. Good just fight what you stuff. like. Uh, you, know? you know, I love any kind of fishing. I love the yeah. fight. <laughs> yeah, I love the fight. But I tell you, I would keep your fish and eat it. Right. So. Oh, we can keep all those. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, we keep, I, I'm not. I love eating fish. Mm-hmm. When I go fishing, uh, bass fishing is the only thing I do. So I don't yeah. go strapper fishing, crappie. Yeah. Cat, I don't do any of those things. If I did, or if we went, I'm all of. So the few times that I've gotten been fortunate to go on a deep sea fishing trip, we fillet everything, we eat the mm-hmm. snot, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm good with eating them. It's just the type of fishing I do. They all go back. They right. all go back. I get you. I get you. I th- I think really honestly, David, it's just being on a boat and the phone. It's just is having fun. fun. Just do me a favor, buddy. Yeah. Just do me a favor. Don't hook your thumb and shut your phone off. <laughs> yeah. <All right>? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Well, David, it was really nice having you on the show. We really yeah. appreciate you taking you the so time. Much, I know buddy. you're busy. Uh, again, David Crow. He is the VP of the Arlington Benjamin Franklin in Texas. Good old Texas. Yeah. There it goes. How was that? Pretty <laughs> good, huh? There you go. Uh, the okay. horns. Here we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> well, David, thanks again for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Hope you'll uh, come back sometime. Maybe yeah. we can uh, talk about the whole supply issue again. And on a better note. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can have a good, good, positive talk about it. And how it's all cleared up. Anytime, yes. guys. I really enjoyed it. I'd love to come nice. back and talk to you guys again. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. And everybody, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.